This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. To save, not heal, but to save. And so right now, it looks like it leans towards the side of a sick spiritually. So there needs to be a spiritual healing. Let's continue reading. And the prayer of faith, because remember, it's in faith. Without faith, <laughs> uh, is impossible, right? Without faith, is impossible. Please, the Lord. It must be done in faith. If you don't believe, don't bother praying. It's just the bottom line. Don't bother praying if you don't believe. Have you ever done something because someone else told you it would be helpful? You may not have believed it would help, but you went through the motions anyway. That's how some people approach praying. They don't believe anything will happen. They have no faith. Today, Pastor Eddie challenges you to believe God will hear when you pray and to have faith that prayers work. Otherwise, there is no sense in praying at all. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of James chapter 5. As he continues his message, the prayer of faith. I find that scholars and commentators are divided as to the view of verses 14 and 15 for those who are sick. And so this morning, I'm going to give you both views. View number one, is the sick that James referring to here in verses 14 and 15, is it a physical sickness? Or view number two, is it a spiritual sickness? Those that are sick spiritually. Now, before I give you the two views, I'm going to give you a lot of Greek words this morning because I want you to understand the text. It wasn't written in English, okay? I want you to understand the text. And I want to be truthful in teaching the text. And you know me, I want to be exactly as close as I can uh, interpreting the text that we study. Now, I have to give you four Greek words, all four of them, we use in the English language as sick. Four. I'm going to give you four Greek words that are in the sick, okay? So today you're going to... And keep, Make sure you're paying attention because they're going to be exam at the end. Okay, the Greek word, the first Greek word for sick is the Greek word kakos. And it means to be or to become ill. That's one Greek word, to be or to become ill. The second Greek word is nasos. And that is the Greek word that means disease or sickness. The third Greek word is kamno. And it means to grow weary, to be weary, okay? So it's not really necessarily pointing to a physical sickness, but rather uh, something, maybe something that one is affected emotionally or spiritually, someone who's really weary. And now the fourth sick word here uh, is the word athaneo, athaneo. It means to be weak, feeble, or to be without strength or powerless, Okay, which also it's used many times in the New Testament as either physical and also spiritual. Now, 
The word that we're looking at in our text this morning is the last one I just gave you, athenaios, meaning to be weak, feeble, or to be without strength, powerless. And so the word is used many times, again, whether it's physical or spiritual. For example, we in Romans chapter 14, verse 1, in Romans chapter 14, verse 1, Paul writes this. He writes, receive one who is weak in the faith. That word weak is the same word we're reading here in verse 14 that is used. Sick is the same Greek word, athenaios. So is used in the text as weak, but is also used as sick. And so you can see why scholars are divided. I'm talking about good scholars, scholars that I've been reading their commentaries for a long time. Two different. I say, oh, I know I can trust this commentator because he's always giving me, you know, the background, the Greek text and everything. And, and this one, too. And guess what? There's two that I use a lot and they have different views. They don't have the same view. One is of the physical. One is of the spiritual. But I want to stay true to the text. I'm not going to teach you something and be dogmatic about it. I want to be faithful to the Lord and faithful to the word. And I want to give it to you the way I have spend a half a day studying and give you all the information that I have. And we're going to continue to look at this as we study. Let's, let's look at verses 14 and 15 a little bit more closely. Look at verse 14. If anyone's among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. So if you're sick at this point, we can either look at both views, whether it's physical or spiritual, you call the church. It says, it says let him call for the elders, plural, Okay, so if you're sick, if you're weary, or getting to the point where spiritually you're weak, that you might walk away, call the elders. Or if you're sick, call the elders. You are to call the elders, not the elders call you. In the same way, if you're sick, do you wait for the doctor to call you? How would he know you're sick? If you need an ambulance, right? You're going to say, well, I'm waiting for the ambulance. You know, I'm about to die. Did you call the ambulance? No, but they should check up on me, right? So in the same way, you know, you're to call as you have the responsibility, whether it be physical or, 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 or spiritual, you're to call. 911, you call the elders. Elders speaking about not just elders in age, but elders, a leadership position. And it's plural, elders, not just one. And we have a practice here that when we pray for someone who's sick, I always tend to, or even John, if he's going to pray for you, he'll have someone else join in the prayer uh, because God is still in the business of healing people physically. And if I, let's say if John does it, you know, it's someone, I got this real sickness. And then you realize I've been healed. John has the power. You know, not only do I like his new glasses, but he's a he's a he's anointed man. Forget about Pastor Eddie. <laughs> I'm going to Pastor John. You say go to Pastor John. So you see, the man would get the glory, but notice the plural, and there's a lot of wisdom in that, and that's why we do that so no one gets the glory but God. And we do believe that God is still in the business of of healing those who are sick. So you go and you call for the elders again, be it. We, we're still in the two views here, and that could apply for either one. And it's going to probably change as we get towards the end of verse 15. But you do call the elders, and they're there to minister to you. We want to know. We can't assume. Oh, you didn't know. You know how many times we say, oh, you didn't know? I was going. No, I did not. 
I don't know how many people we have. We have close to almost 200 people. I, okay, I, oh, yeah, yeah, I should have known. Yeah, some divine calling came to me. Hey, call this person. Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's the right time. I haven't seen somebody. But sometimes somebody don't, some people don't like to be in contact. You know what I mean? So it's like whether we do or whether we don't, what's going on? But we need to know. And we want to make sure that you're doing well. And that's what, a, that's what the church is all about. So let's read verse 14 again. If anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, the anointing here is used in, 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 as a general term. Uh, it's anointing of any kind. Throughout the, you know, in the ancient time, during this time when um, James wrote this letter, uh, the anointing could either be a rubbing of oil, or re, uh, use, they use oil for refreshment, you know, to refresh their bodies after they probably bathe themselves or whatever. And then you have the ceremonial uh, anointing that we find in the Old Testament. Uh, but this term here is, is a general term. For example, when Jesus was sitting down and the woman poured, you know, fragrance, uh, uh, you know, oil on his feet. You remember and that you could find that in Luke chapter seven. Also in, in Luke chapter seven, there's a point of oil over the guests when they come from long travel to feel refreshed. They put some oil in and it feels good. You know, it smells good. So that's that type of anointing with oil. And then is also for fasting. There's also an anointing for the priests. So it's used in so many ways. Uh, but here uh, we can see that it's used general, whether and, and it could be literal or it could be metaphorically. It could be, you know, hey, like when we do, when someone is sick, we'll use the oil and we just use it because it's not really the oil. It's really the Lord. And that's the important thing. It's not the power of the elders, nor the powers in the oil. And we make that clear when we do pray for people. So, oh, I need that oil. You, can I have some of that oil to go home? You know, do you have to be prescribed for that oil? Do, do you need a prescription from the Holy Spirit to use that? Or can anybody, is it over the counter kind of deal? No, there is no power in the oil. Uh, you know, because here, the oil here is referring to olive oil. And this oil always is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. And so be that as it may, um, regardless of the view, whether you are using the oil um, the reality is the power is not in the oil and the elder. The power is in the name. That's what it says at the end of verse 14, in the name of the Lord. And so we're, we're good there. Both views can kind of fit. Let's look at verse 15. This is where it kind of, uh, you know, where the division comes. In verse 15, it says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Save the sick. And the Lord would raise him up. Notice James did not use the word heal the sick. He said save the sick. All right, I'm going to give you another Greek word today. You're going to be, you should be talking Greek by the end of this, of this service. Uh, but the Greek word for save is sozo. And it means exactly what we know it in the English, to save, to keep safe and sound. Okay, it is say restore. I could probably see that. It would apply for either physical or the spiritual. But it's talking about save, okay? We have the Greek word, right? Verse 14, Athenaeus, that means weary, weary. And now we have another word in this area of sickness uh, to save, not heal, but to save. And so right now, it looks like it leans towards the side of a sick spiritually. So there needs to be a spiritual healing. Let's continue reading. And the prayer of faith, 
Because remember, it's in faith, without faith uh, is impossible, right? Without faith is impossible to please the Lord. It must be done in faith. If you don't believe, don't bother praying. It's just the bottom line. Don't bother praying if you don't believe. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. So there's a spiritual sickness. Here's sin. It's in context with everything else that we have read so far, right? And so James is talking about one who's sick, one who's weary, spiritually sick. And and how we know this, remember, context is king. Context, context, context. You have to read. You just can't take two verses or a verse and, and, and teach something out of that. What have we studied before in our last in the last study, right? It talks about patience during suffering. Suffering. You know, when, after one has suffered, you know, one can become weary. That sickness, athenaeus, they could become weary. They get discouraged. They get distressed. They have fallen. There needs to be a restoration, and that will be spiritually. So it needs a spiritual eating. So you read, keeping this in context. So before, James is talking about, in that last study, he's talking about suffering. We look at verses 14 and 15, right? There's two views. Now, let's look at even the verses after. The verses Previous speaking about suffering, right, which is a spiritual battle, and then we drop down to verse 16. It says, confess your trespasses, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. Sin, heal. We need to be healed from sin. So, athenaeus, he didn't use the other many Greek words for illness, a physical illness, right? But he used the Greek word of, you know, weary, weak, okay? And then he's talking about they will be saved. So, and we look, again, in context. The Bible wasn't written in chapters and verse breaks, okay? It wasn't, there was no verses in chapter breaks, okay? It was just one whole letter, we're grateful for those verses, those verse breaks, but the problem is when we start taking one verse and build a whole doctrine and teaching out of it, there's a problem. Understand what the writer is writing about. So we need to put aside tradition, and we have to put, a, put aside what we believe, but we need to look at it further deeper. And so as we look into it, it seems that the second view of a spiritual sickness tends to fit best. Now, I know that's like not a popular teaching today because everybody wants to be healed, right? And it's, man, Pastor Ed, you just messed that up for me. I love that one. You know, I love the anointing oil and I got a sickness and I want to be healed. Trust me, I would want that too. And we have no problem doing that. And we'll continue to do that. But that's not what James, from what I see here, based on the Greek words and the context, is not talking about a physical sickness because the question is this. What is more important, to be healed physically or to be healed spiritually? Spiritually. Spiritually. Once physical health doesn't make that person right with God. You can die in a car crash, God forbid, and you could be physically healthy. But if you're not right with God, you would not enter the kingdom of heaven. You, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And there is a spiritual sickness that we can get where we, that's why many have left the faith 
That's how come many are struggling spiritually. It's because there's a spiritual sickness. And that's the language that we see in the Old Testament, New Testament. As a matter of fact, when it comes to salvation, one can be healed in a sense, spiritually healed, not physically. Spiritually healed to the sense where they have salvation. How do we know that? One of the greatest verses in the Old Testament that points to the Messiah, Jesus, by the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah 53. What does it say in Isaiah 53, verse 5? It says, but he was wounded for our transgression. This is the Messiah. He was bruised for our iniquity. And the chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. We're healed. We have salvation. And so the Bible now is filled with many, many verses about physical healing. We know that. We see Jesus heal people. It's, there's so many passages throughout scriptures that talks about healing physically, and God is still healing. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to, you know, say, okay, well, no, God is not. No, God still heals. God still performs miracles. I see it all the time. God is powerful. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what they diagnose you with. God sits on the throne, and nothing is impossible for God. And I've seen many people get healed, and God is still in the business of healing. And again, there are many passages of scriptures. However, this doesn't seem to fit the view that I've myself up to yesterday. I would say even before the other week because it made me think <laughs> throughout the week. But this week, and I'm marking it in my calendar, <laughs> that this is what I taught. And this is what I believed it to be because I looked at it on the surface. I, you know, some of my favorite preachers and teachers kind of taught this until I look deeper into it. We find, I find that the second view seems to fit. And so understand this. Listen, our battle is not with flesh and blood, is it? It is not. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it said, But we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And we're dealing with that every day, especially the more we are on our knees, the enemy hates that. And so we can get weary with spiritual battles, we have spiritual warfare. It puts, we get weary, we get drained, we get distressed, and we get to the point where we lose hope in the suffering. We do not persevere. We do not trust the Lord. We don't go to the Lord first when, verse 13, when James says, if you are suffering, let him pray, right? We go to others, you know, we, we go to others. We don't go to the Lord on our knees and our suffering. And what happens? We become weak, come weary, we can become spiritually sick to the point where it says at the end of verse 15, if there's any sin, we get to the point where we drift away and it's dangerous. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, these things I have spoken to you that in me you would have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And so we could suffer through tribulation. We become weary. And so as we live our lives for Christ, when we suffer, when we become weak, distressed, what happens? We need to be restored. We need to come to the elders. We need to come to one another. And again, it's not only the elders that can actually pray for you, by the way. You know, God didn't say, I'm only giving the elders some power to heal people. <laughs> That's not the way it works. What happens is it's to a point where they need spiritual counseling at, the, at that point when they need to be encouraged 
Because some, you know, we have people that want to tickle the ears, right? And we have friends. They may mean good, but they really do more damage, right? The proverb says, you know, uh, you know, wounds from a friend are better than a kiss from the enemy. Okay? You, don't, you want people to tell you the truth. And if I fear the Lord and I have shepherding responsibility, I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. And so I say, you need to get back. I know you're suffering. I know you're weary. I know you're You need to get back. Let me pray for you. And let's use the oil and, and, and be obedient to the word of God. And we pray that you be restored spiritually. Again, we're going to, you know, there's nothing wrong if we pray for you physically and use the oil. There's nothing wrong with that. And we'll continue to do that. But understand, I'm just being, I want to be faithful to the Lord. I want to be faithful to the text. I spend hours, a whole day, half a day of this. A whole day would be exaggerating, but a half a day. And so I know, you know, I would love to keep it the first view because that's what I've learned up to all my life. I'm in my 50s now. If you guess my age, you get a piece of cake. Just kidding. <laughs> but I've been studying this for a long time, and that's what I've always believed. But if I'm going to present it to you, I'm not, I, I feel convicted to share in the way that I've studied it. We looked at the Greek words. We looked at this in context. And James is using words, though it might be in the English language that we would use for physical sickness, we understand that he's using words that are used for spiritual sickness, those that are weary. So that's my view. Um, don't argue with me at the end. <laughs> okay? Uh, that's my view. It's not going to change. I'm not going to force it on you. We still agree to disagree agreeably. Amen? All right. The sec so he wants us to pray for three things. Number one, we're to pray when we are suffering. Verse 13, pray for those who are weary. Those who are Athenaeus in verses 14 and 15. And thirdly, we're to pray for each other. We pray for each other. Look at verse 16. He said, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Again, this is in context with everything else. But now we see that James shifts to the third person. The third person. James is the first person. He's been, and then he's, so far he's been writing about another person, the second person. Now he's speaking to the third person, that's you. Confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins. And the confessing to one another, James, right? Because the reality, we need to confess these sins. Because what happened? Secret sin is dangerous. Secret sin is dangerous. It can kill you. And again, this is, I, that's why I believe it falls in the spiritual uh, uh, sickness here. And so we're to confess it to one another. It doesn't mean that if you don't confess with one another, you're not going to be forgiven. That's not what he's saying here. But that once you reveal it, you expose it, you confess it to one another, that's what God wants you, then there will be healing in your life. I'm Have you asked God to help you? As I grew up, this was a common phrase used in conjunction with numerous situations, from lost items to important decisions to doing what was right in a difficult moment. It reminds me of the verse in James 1.5 that talks about asking God when you just don't know what to do. Also in verse 12, where James reminds Christians that the promise of heaven hinges not only on accepting the gift of salvation, but also standing firm in what you believe while resisting sin. Having faith in God is the stepping stone to real humility, love, patience, and growth. Are you feeling stagnant in your relationship with God? Do you need someone in your corner? 
If so, here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. Prayers for this ministry would be so appreciated. The opportunity for the lost to be reached over the radio is incredible. So please pray for our listening audience and that what's shared will alter people's lives forever. Another way you can support us is by prayerfully considering giving in a financial way. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into producing this program, and we're grateful for all who are willing to come alongside us to support the creation of each program. If you feel led to do this, you can find a Give tab at runningtheraceradio.com. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. Just for you folks that aren't close and any who are interested, visit runningtheraceradio.com to not miss out on the many great ministry opportunities of Calvary Chapel of Milford. Our time has come to an end, but thank you so much for joining us today on this broadcast of Running the Race.